Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, what is an extension of Peaks and Valleys. In this space, we seek to share the table with storytellers and seekers alike, hopefully and almost certainly over a great cup of coffee because we know that brings people to the table. We seek and want to see you flourish in your mental health journey. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins. And I'm Kyle Ridgely, and I hope that this space is safe and inclusive for all. Welcome to the table. Hello, Peaks and Valleys, and welcome to another episode of the Pour Over Podcast. As always, I am your host, and we're joined by our other host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up? It has been a minute, hasn't it, Kyle? It's been a long while. You know, we dropped the coming out bomb, and then we just kind (laughs) of checked out, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, if you if you haven't yet, um, make sure you go back and listen to our last two episodes. It was a two part two parter, uh, me sharing my own story and journey, um, navigating a lot of things and where I'm at now, and similar for Kyle. Um, you know, we always say we we like to. Um, leave space and share stories. And so we're like, we need to share our stories. And so we hope you all go back and listen to that. If you haven't, it encourages you, um, hopefully encouraging in some surprising ways. Um, so yeah, Kyle, how are you doing? Mm, Since that's a good question. Since the last time we've hit record. Yeah, uh, a lot of I feel like a lot of things have happened since then. I'm trying to think back. That was in June, right? We dropped that episode in June. Um, we recorded in June, dropped it in June as well. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of uh, did a recent move and um, had a little bit of change of lifestyle. And, you know, as far as, you know, living, used to live independently. Now I'm living with roommates. And so a um, little bit of a change. Um, so just getting used to the, you know, minimizing things and like trying to find ways that work for me and uh, my cat also, who's, you know, trying to adjust to to a new environment. Um, and then also within that time, uh, I got a job offer in July um, and then started working in August. So there's been a lot of a lot of that, trying to get to my own routine and uh, trying to get used to my new area that I'm living um, and all the things that I can do. And, you know, just trying to focus on remaining my mental health, remaining well and balanced. And so um, I've been doing a lot of different things and exploring uh, different ideas and thoughts. And, you know, where can I go from here? So it's, and thoughts and ideas regarding like uh, wellness and like self-care. And so been really into yoga lately um been taking meditation classes which have been phenomenal um it's helped me through a lot of things not just like oh i just need to go to yoga this yoga session to relax for the week it's actually helped me like throughout my weeks and throughout my months like 
reframe things and and think of things. I think one thing that I've gained from like meditation and yoga recently is that every time I go, uh, the instructor's always talking about like, you know, coming into the space and whatever happened outside of here or in this space or where you're at, like the good and the bad and just take it and like the acceptance of it doesn't mean that it has to be, you have to accept it in the sense of like, oh, well, here, you know, a nihilistic view of like, oh, well, this is how life is and da, da, da. but more just like, it's okay where you're at. And so like, it's, it's okay. The good, the bad, whatever your day was like, this is for you right now. And so that's really helped me like reframe a lot of thinking in my brain, which has been, you know, some of my brain is is notorious for thinking and ruminating on things that are happening throughout my day. And they're like, oh, well, this sucks. And so that's really helped me. And then like some of the meditation techniques that I've been shown. And it's it's really, really been a cool experience. I have always wanted to dive more into that world and like try to see how it can be, you know, integrated into my own wellness journey and like self-care journey and it has been phenomenal wonderful um so yeah that's kind of been my life lately just trying new things um you know giving myself permission to try new things I think uh growing up in the context that we grew up you know it was like don't try that don't do that don't do this don't do that like this is this opens up a door to this 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 or that you know and it's just like I have the freedom and I had the permission to now in my life, do the things that I've always wanted to do or experience different things or try out different things that work best for me. So, so yeah, it's been a really cool season. Um, just trying to like discover myself, you know, and trying to like discover new things that, you know, I thought I'd never even venture into and, 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 you know, things like that. So, um, it's been a cool journey. So thus far, you know, just a lot of changes really quickly from that time to this time. So, yeah. So what you're telling me is, and th this is according to Mark Driscoll, you now have demons. The, basically. Yeah. I mean, but they're pretty, they're pretty friendly. I mean, already, <laughs> I mean, they've been teaching me a lot you, of stuff. So bring you, them on. You open them doors. <laughs> bring just, them up. Just, just kidding. <laughs> oh gosh uh that's good man that's good um yeah we have we've tried out some yoga uh me and brooke as well and um yeah it's, it's just really really good you know it's relaxing like very meditative like you know um so yeah, I feel you, you know, just, and that's something, you know, I feel that that's something that I was maybe not always explicitly, although sometimes, you know, it did come in explicit forms, but very, there was a cultural framework um, around staying away from things like yoga, you know, or like, um anything uh that that has to do with any eastern practices mm -hmm. you know um the bible and the yeah, yeah yeah and so but i mean like it's just been a really like i don't know just overall good wellness experience of like you know trying it out and like it is helpful you know it is meditative and 
I mean, even just like the just the movement part of it. I mean, it's so mm. good for you, mm. you know. And so I, I've enjoyed that as well, trying out some yoga. Um, yeah. My favorite yeah. parts are at the beginning and the end where you get to lay there and listen to the relaxing music. And then the instructor just speaks like affirmations over you. That is like the highlight. No, the, the movements are great. Like they're like a workout and they get your like whole system going and like make it work right. I guess if you say, if you want to say it like that, limber up, things like that. But just the ends, the beginning and the end is just like the most exhilarating and relaxing experience that I think that is just and then depending on your instructor I think it has to do with the instructor too but it's just like the affirmations and their voice and then the calming nature you know I try to practice yoga like at home by myself but it's just not the same as practicing yoga like collectively with other people I don't know the energy in the space is just totally different than yeah, for sure sitting in my room on the floor <laughs> trying to like do this by myself it feel, kind of feels awkward and out of place so when I'm in a collective space where there's just this energy of healing and like wellness is just it's a whole different experience so yeah if you haven't checked out yoga highly encourage it at least try once it's not for everybody but like at least yeah. try the experience you know and there's basic yoga classes like and there's the the coolest thing about the yoga studio that i go to is like super inclusive and so they i'm a little bit of a bigger guy so they have i go to a yoga for bigger bodies so typically people who you know are typically not the standard body shape of what you would standard see in like a yoga magazine like and everything is very feels very safe and like there's not this expectation to like do a handstand or whatever, you know, like, it's just, you know, they give you tools and like blocks and stuff like that to like help you and have the experience. So it's been really cool that I've been able to go to a, a yoga studio like this and it's like donation only. So like they recommend like a donation. It's like, it doesn't like a cost to the class. So, and so it's really cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what are we talking about today i think i think i want to start with this first before we get into the latter part of this conversation mostly just because um well we we missed this in september you know a lot of that had to do with you know uh, just business of life and like some of you know the transitions you were talking about kyle and which isn't you know we just have those um those moments in life where things are just busy and it's hard to get to some other things more than others right um and you know kind of trying to nail down a guest that you know um in that situation understandably has not worked out yet but we're navigating that so all that to say, we we didn't get to this in September like I'd hope we do, but I'm like, it's still important. We still need to talk about it. Um, but the topic of suicide. Um, and there there's something that I, I specifically want to kind of pull out of this in something that we've talked about before. Um, Specifically, part of the reason is because we can both speak to it because we're both men. Um, where where I want to start with this conversation, Kyle, 
is the disproportionate rates of people making that decision being men because they, you know, they men die by suicide at much higher rates um, than majority of the population, right? Mm-hmm. And we we had a great conversation with um you know uh Mac McGregor uh the transgender man that you know runs positive masculinity and you know as two men like I, I would love I'm gonna share some of my own thoughts. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Kyle, about you know just masculinity and like what what it, just in your own thoughts, what are what are better, healthier in Kyle's view of masculinity and being a man in 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 the direction of reducing the rates of which men make this decision. And you know, just just shifting the culture around what being a man or masculinity like looks like. Um, so I'll just kind of start with with me, like some of my own thoughts. You know, I and I'll tie this to something that I said on my like my personal um, Instagram account uh, to to make a. A longer story short, we we all heard about the the um the mass shooting in Nashville, and recently, it's been maybe a month ago, there was protests at the um the state capitol in Tennessee about the conversation of. Uh, gun control and and laws and surrounding that and there were uh, mothers of children that were at you know covenant the school in tennessee that, that experienced that mass shooting and they were there um, advocating for their children rightfully so you know and there was after that, you know, just just seeing videos of these mothers, like in the state capitol, um, in 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 a democracy, by the way, um, doing what you do in a democracy, like making your voice heard which we all should be doing, right? Like advocating for what you believe in, that's what you do in a democracy, right? Uh beside the point, but that's I think that that's a good point to bring out, like you're simply doing what we all do in a democracy. There there was just a lot of punching down on uh, these mothers from men in more more than one man just and just advocating for this position that um 
I'll, I'll I'll just say that there 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 are a lot of men out there that believe the world would be a better place if women didn't have the right to vote. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, just they punching down on like their response and like you know bring bringing out this point that. Um, women are just, you know, driven by their emotion. Like they make basically trying to say they, they are, they're only making these decisions and saying these things because they are driven by their emotion. And that's inherently a, like a trait of a woman. If, if a man, if we see a man doing these things, he is, he is effeminate. He's weak. He is that 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 that's not how a man should be. He should be strong and he should be, you know, not led by his emotions and not make decisions based off how he feels, you know. And I I kind of responded to that, like I said, on my on my personal page. And you know, I was just like, this is just such a, I mean, frankly, it's, it's just a bullshit narrative that, that we, especially we as men, we need to work on dismantling and, um, rebuilding something that is, more beautiful and life-giving and holistic for men right obviously there there's the broader like um things that happen out of these shifts um, when we have better views of masculinity and what a man looks like besides just you know better mental health um but talking about better relationships right um like better healthier families like we the these are it's just natural things when we have better healthier views of what a man should look like how a man should be and just i i i think we need to i think and then i'll kind of wrap up my thoughts and then kind of want to hear what you just whatever you think about, you know, how we can shift this, you know, when it comes to men and mental health and um, masculinity and all that. Um, I actually like, really like the way that Mac puts it, you know, with, with his organization and positive masculinity and all that, that um, like being heart led, like it's okay to be heart led, you know, but to the, modern cultural machismo version of a man like you know you can't be heart-led you know because that's being led by your emotions etc like but just start leaving space like e e even if even if there are men that want to dig their heels in and and still like be that Mochismic man, um, 
like I think with with a caveat that like that doesn't lead to um any sort of violence or anything like that but like just think we shift things by leaving space to and saying like okay the way you're feeling is valid like i don't agree with it but leaving space for that because i think when we leave space for that like then i i feel like defensivist defensiveness lowers and then we're able to start building some bridges and like help some man start walking over that bridge to the to the other side like there is some different paths you know like there are some better ways to be a man like and we're not talking about changing who you are as a person right like you can still have your likes and dislikes, all that. But we're talking about intrinsically, inherently, what it looks like to be a man. I think that needs to change. Mm. And again, I I think we we start to move towards that. Like I I truly believe the the disproportionate rates of men making that decision. Um, I I truly believe like we'll we'll see that come down. Like men will make that decision less, um, because we're actually have the space to have emotions, be emotional, like have community to help us process those emotions because we're doing it together. We're not hiding it. Um. Yeah, what do you what do you think? Like any commentary on what I said, or just you know, mm-hmm. like also what are your thoughts on like again, like men, what it's like to be a man, masculinity, like helping men have better mental health. Like Well, I think I can only speak for like my experience as a gay man. Um, I'm pretty sure there are disproportionately different numbers when you look at uh suicide rates for uh, you know, if they did a study, I'm pretty sure there are studies out there, but um, we know contextually that, you know, uh, LGBTQ community members have higher rates of uh, suicide. And so for my experience, um, you know, if you've listened to my other, po- my other recording of my personal journey, um, I have dealt with a lot of suicidal ideations and almost completed suicide on several, uh, several different one of those situations. And, um, I can only say from my experience that there's there's this dynamic going back to that masculinity. When you're a gay man, you're already looked at as effeminate. Uh, you're already looked at as the lesser or the weaker vessel because you are a gay man, which is not uh, the elevated form of what manhood is, which is heterosexual normativity and uh, all the things that go with with that. Like you mentioned, Jonathan, the machismo, all these different things. Um And so when you look at, when I look at these things, there's more of a, you know, a nuanced or overall view of different perspectives, because it's not just one, we can't just pinpoint one thing and then say that this is why this is happening. And so there's a lot of different levels within our society and and our culture 
that create these normatives about the the it's better to be a man or masculine than it is to be feminine um or a be a feminine uh person or or a kind of uh, outwardly express those more feminine qualities which um that just comes from uh cultural context most there's different cultures around the world that yeah. look at femininity and masculinity in different ways in america we see a cut and dry machismo uh, more of a machismo not saying we don't see those in other cultures of the the strength and the courage but this this almost pop culturally campy machismo guy you know and and, and you think of this the guy goes to the gym you think that they don't cry you think that you know they're supposed to be the protector they're supposed to be the you know this is this is a very contextual thing and cultural thing for America particularly and I can only speak to that growing up in America um, and then also we have m- multiple different multiracial groups that live in America and so uh, the intersectionalities between masculinity and also cultural context if it might be different from a person who say myself who grew up in a Caucasian household seeing other men versus someone who uh, grew up culturally as I say a first generation or second generation uh, Latino American um, so there there's the these levels of understanding of what masculinity is and femininity um, and I think that for me yep. and what I've observed I think that we have to get to this place of getting rid of the colonialist western view of what masculinity is and stop you know, say the view that is so intertwined within our systems, our laws, our history is that somehow feminine qualities are less than it's the weaker, the weaker of the one that seems to be the higher, which is your masculinity. And so uh, looking at both those things and those dynamics, I think that we as uh, as individuals, whether we express ourselves, uh, uh, our own gender expression, because gender expression and gender, as far as your gender assigned at birth, are two different things. They're not. They're not mutually exclusive most of the time. Uh, just because you were assigned male at birth doesn't mean that you're going to express or even identify in more masculine or feminine. It could be either or. Be a little bit of both. So. We have to get better in our society and our culture, I think, of celebrating the spirit of both and understanding that both have qualities that uh, that protect our society, that um, make our world better, um, that contribute to that. Um, for a masculine man who maybe presents more masculine and has a gender expression of masculinity, they can also be a caregiver you know they can also exhibit signs of love and you know ca- uh, uh, guardianship of something and activists if you will so I think that we have to get better in our society of understanding that we have to start breaking down these these normatives that have been taught to us and aren't true and aren't, aren't scientifically proven aren't are, there's nothing to say this is the truth of both the masculine and the feminine and yeah. so we have to get better at understanding that we're just this one piece of a bigger world that looks at these these uh, parts of masculine and feminine in different ways um for instance if you go to another culture 
it depends on if their society is patriarchal or matriarchal. So in our societal context, we are a patriarchal society. We have the four, the founding fathers. We have m- mostly men, white men ran this country, founded it, put laws into place, things like that. So obviously the celebration of masculine over the feminine is obviously going to be celebrated or rated or elevated higher than that of feminine, which is unfortunate. And I think that it's a, it's a caste system that we need to get rid of a societal and cultural context. We need to get rid of in our thinking because it doesn't help. It doesn't uh, produce human flourishing. Um, It's just puts us in these boxes and it puts us in these, well, you can only be either or, you know, and so uh, these are contexts that we see in a more patriarchal society and how it connects to like, you know, when we have this discussion about um, the the suicide rates and things like that, um, when we see those numbers that you're referring to, that might be one factor of many factors um, that may contribute to those. What I see is how those things uh, manifest in ways when we have conversations around mental health. Um, you got to think we're not that far removed from a generation that didn't really have a mental health system. So Very my true. great aunt, who's I think in her 80s now, you know, the view of mental health and mental health treatment is a lot different than, say, my generation or my mother's generation would view it, uh, meaning that, oh, we're just going to get through it, pull our bootstraps up, and we're going to keep going. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't have anything, either God's going to take care of it or some external force is all going to work out, which not at the end of the the end of the day, some of those things might be motivating factors to help you keep going. We don't want to not acknowledge that, but also acknowledging that there are moments of vulnerability and there are moments when we need help and reach out for help. Um, And so it's very, the, the stark contrast between generational groups is even um, changing as we get um, as we start to learn more, as we start to accept the reality of our world and that it's okay that we need help. It's okay once we start understanding more about the brain and how it works. And, you know, there's this, this more of acceptance and I, and I'm, I'm thankful and I, and I'm, I'm celebrating that as our generations get older and they, they learn, um, we learn more and more about mental health and these surrounding topics and even trauma. I mean, we've, we've made leaps and strides and, you know, trauma research and um, developing trauma-informed care. Um, I think there's been a shift that's been great, but at the end of the day, there's another layer to that, and that is accessibility and affordability of healthcare in our country. Uh, We don't have the greatest mental health care system, not because we don't have good, uh, good practitioners or good therapists or psychiatrists. It's because that our insurance companies don't necessarily always say that they can pay for this service or treatment or not uh, because they can either say, and I used to work in insurance back in the day when I first got out of college and it was always the term, it's still experimental. But then you see positive outcomes from these evidence-based practices that are helpful and they they help people navigate these things on combination of other things that they're doing, whether it be wellness or uh, dealing with trauma or having uh, support groups and all these different things, medication and all these different things. There is a combination of all these things, but there are some treatments that are not covered by insurance. So in our system that is technically broken, a system who creates most of our mental health struggles, it's, it's, it's that, it's that push and pull 
of of that reality is that we we need to start having a better uh you know mental health care um surrounding funding and surrounding um insurance companies looking at profit versus people's lives um again they're a business they see profit but at the end of the day health is there to give humanity an overall overall a better experience and quality of life you know and so for sure we we look at all those different things when we look at what where does this and you can't always pinpoint one or the other it might be different for every person it might be a blended approach to how this person got there or how they're feeling or their views on a certain topic related to mental health so that's my uh thoughts on uh that uh topic particularly yeah yeah i mean like you you know when you when you talk about um like specifically like america and like the the views of um like masculinity and femininity and stuff like i mean it's we i mean an example that i can think of um the first one that came to mind and <laughs> so you see like <clears throat> A Biden and a Trump. And you hear all the time about how when when they're specifically referring to somebody like like Biden, specifically like his demeanor and disposition and the way he carries himself as a president and like. You know, the the thing that you hear a lot, like weak, weak, weak men are destroying this country, you know, like weak men make nations fall, etc. Um, then we need a, a strong man like, you know, a Trump or a Reagan, you know, like those those are the men that like we need leading this country. Because weak men like. A Biden you know um or even like you know people call Jimmy Carter weak because of certain dispositions and ways that they carried themselves and um they're not the strong man leader right um yeah it's definitely ingrained in like you know, again, like you pointed out rightfully that that's that's shifting and changing, but it's still very much so ingrained in the American psyche. Like, you know, even when it comes to leadership in this country, like, you know, um, we need a strong man because weak men like. Is is what's going to destroy America, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that, that, um, we need a cultural shift 
Um, and like you said, Kyle, breaking down like, and the point where I, you know I was you know drawn out was like you having emotions and like fully outwardly expressing those like that does not make you effeminate like um and again i i think that i believe that we keep pushing that needle in that direction um i mean overall we you know, there there's just natural things that come out of that, you know. Um uh, better families, healthier relationships, um better better leadership, you know, on the topic of politics, like you know, whether that be like um you know, a political leader or um like a religious leader or um you know your you know the male boss at the office like uh, there there's so many things that think but believe be impacted in a immensely positive way we keep shifting that needle towards breaking down those binaries you know like um yeah yeah i mean and i was not gonna go into a whole lot of detail you know because it's not my story to tell um but my you know my my family was was impacted by this conversation recently and a big part of that um was pushing things down you know, um, and not, not opening up, you know, um, and so, yeah, like you, you, you very well hit the nail on the head about just breaking down these binaries and like, um, getting, get, getting rid of this dualistic thinking between, you know, masculine and feminine and like it doesn't have to be that cut and dry you know um i think we all have better health and decreasing rates of suicide like um not just for men if if we keep pushing this needle uh, keep keep advocating for these things you know yeah um last thing i want to say before we move on to the next kind of line of thought is um just a just a reminder to you know um our listeners and we you know we we've posted this um on the on our social media um instagram page it's it's been maybe a year, a little over a year since I've made this post. Um, but uh, talking about uh, suicide doesn't increase somebody's risk of it. 
uh, it actually gives them the space to uh, be heard and be seen. Now, the caveat that I would say with that, and that th this is why we advocate a lot for your resources, right? Knowing what resources are available like to you at your disposable. What resources do you have in your back pocket? Um, know those things. Know what accessible resources are in your community. Um, as always, you know, you can reach out to us um, and we'll we'll do our best to help you sift through and find those resources um but um when when people are experiencing you know suicidal ideation they they need the space to be seen and to be heard and and to be validated in the way that they feel right and so i just wanted to give that reminder that um like don't be scared to talk about it um anything to add to that Kyle yeah i would think that i would um you know find somebody in your life that you trust and that um, who is in your corner and that has been with you, uh, you know, whatever time that may have been, but someone who you trust and uh, have that person like to lean on. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing I think that uh, we talk about a lot in this conversation is don't, don't isolate yourself, even though you have the, the, that, that pull or that desire. I've been there. I felt it it's easier 100%. to push yourself away and the thoughts of like, well, I'd be better off or the thoughts of, you know, I'm more, I'm a burden to someone or things like that. There are people in your life that truly do care. Even if you don't see it in the moment, there are people in your life that want to see you flourish and grow. And if you don't have those people, find those people. Uh, there are people like that and you can find them. Um, it's just that act of, creating that 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 motivation inside you to go and find people don't you know that's it's a very hard concept when you're dealing with these thoughts and these these ruminating thoughts of of just this dark heavy cloud around you but what i have found in my own journey is that i had to physically make myself go and hang out with my friends or Hey, I need to go to this event that's going on. Even if you don't feel like you want to talk or you don't feel like you, it's good to be around others. There's, there's that level of isolation creates more of that rumination. Isolation creates more of that closed off that, that, that those, those dark uh, thoughts that we have. And so I encourage anybody who maybe ha have had, had these thoughts before, or maybe are currently having those thoughts there are people in your corner that want to listen to you, whatever comes out of your mouth, they're going to be there for you. Um, and if they're, if you don't have that person, like I said, find those people and they're available and we're available. If you can't find that person right away, we would love to talk to you, connect with you, uh, share resources. If you need someone to talk to, we're not therapists, but we've navigated this journey with others. We have also navigated our own journeys of, of, of these types of conversations and these types of hurts that go deep. And so we want to be there to help you. So if you can't find those people, reach out to us. Yeah. 
promise we don't we're not we're not we're not mean <laughs> we'll respond <laughs> yeah yeah thank you also kyle for reminding us to expand our narrow visions of what community should look like mm-hmm. 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 you know because they can be narrow sometimes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a good encouragement to like man just that expansion of what community should be mm-hmm. um might look like it might look different for every person and exactly. for me i don't like yeah. big crowds a lot of times i like a few good friends like jonathan and if i just need to hang out with somebody i'm gonna go hang out with him i, I would rather do that at the house watch a movie eat dinner than go out and you know uh go to this huge event and and that's okay that's totally okay so a community looks different for everybody and it, it all depends on who you are and your experiences and what you like you might like to go to events that are more crowded with people and a lot of different conversations or you might find yourself Hey, I just love going home, relaxing with a good friend, watching a movie, you know, sitting around talk, watching TikTok videos, whatever it may be, laughing, whatever it may be, going out for dinner. Um, but it does look different for everybody, for sure. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So. Switching gears here. And. We'll hit this and then we'll uh, round out this episode. Um, it, this really kind of sort of intersects with you know what this first part we just talked about and, and something that we've we've talked about before on this podcast about hu- humanity and like the world that we take you know that we exist in you know take space in it's it's complex it's um it's not always cut and dry black and white it's it's a it's a complex existence that we live in um and this this conversation piece um was really born out of this past week for me um well actually two weeks ago because um yeah two weeks ago um just let, let let me say this first before um if 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 i'm going to use this you know thing as the example um like like i realize and know that like my place in the world is one of like a lot of privilege like i'm in a comfortable home right like there are a lot of things that I'm not going to understand completely, right? And so let me say that first. Like, knowing that I don't have all the answers or an expert, right? So with that, um, I mean, we, we all have, like, watched 
what's happened in the Middle East, right? And this is just, again, this is just the example I'm using to kind of get to um, this topic and kind of talking about it. But just kind of stepping back and um, just watching a lot of And I don't, I don't say this in a dehumanizing way. Obviously, it's just like ignorant, like takes and positions, um, and not with like the care and critical thinking that that needs to go into complex things, um, in histories, um, like with you know um you know with example like Israel and Palestine like there there's a lot of complexity there 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 is um there's a lot of like things that we don't always understand that we need to slow down and like, um, and you, you can say this with, with anything like with the history in America, it is complex. It is like, there's not always a simple solution or answer to it. Um, just like something that, you know, I know, like really well because this you know a world that i've been part of for a while and you know i work in it now like coffee um there there are a lot of there's a lot of complex history like within the coffee industry uh when it comes to like um like geopolitical things in call in you know some coffee producing countries and like and so if I'm going to, you know, talk about coffee and educate people on it, like I have to slow down and understand the complexity and like all that about it, you know. So. With that. Um, the the idea of when when we as humans being complex ourselves you know, the conversation we just had, you know, there's a lot of complexity with humanity in that conversation we just had. Um, when we as complex human beings are faced with like complex and things that take a lot of like slowing down and like you know, seeking those experts that know better than us, right? Like, we're actually thinking through, like, that information, right? Before we just, like, try to put a simple answer or solution on something. Like, leaving space for that and navigating that complex cultural thing or complex history or complex topic like us as complex human beings 
like navigating that. Um, I think, again, especially in light of, um, you know, what's what's happened recently in a lot of the Western media and a lot of the online dialogue on social media, like, I think it's a good thing to talk about. Like, again, like, when we're confronted with those things, like, navigating that well and um even like leaving space for that complexity being okay with living in you know some tension about it like um what are your thoughts Kyle yeah it's it's a you know I'm myself I'm a student of history and you know, then the whole journey of the last several years trying to break apart the history that I've been taught um, yeah. and taught to believe from a colonialistic mindset um, has totally changed my view of a lot of different things that I was taught when I was growing up, particularly when it comes to this conversation, because, uh, you know, both you and I grew up in a very conservative uh, evangelical Christian space. And this gets really messy in these spaces because it's not thought about in an intellectual way. Um, we probably all know where this is going <laughs> and not to trigger anyone, but you know, it usually leads to eschatology, meaning the end times. Yeah. And so that gets muddled in all of that. And then we get the Christian, you know, Zionism, which has a whole level of different uh, things attached to that that can be problematic um, because it's not so much about the people, it's about prophecy. And so a lot of times in those contexts when we grew up, we can only speak for our experience is that the yeah. people were forgotten in that chaos. And um, every single time something would happen in the Middle East, <laughs> It was just always talked about. It was always, you know, just taken and all these different views that had nothing to do with facts, but just it always connected to this eschatological framework of Jesus is coming back, but totally forgot about the human lives that are affected in this and, and whatever may have happened. And it's always new and it's always fresh. And this community is always shocking. And our community and our for former community, I guess you'd say, was very shocking. And it was like they would totally forget that this stuff has happened before. And it has happened historically for many, many, if not thousands of years uh, with this dynamic in the Middle East. And so it's it, it's saddening to me when we look at all these dynamics and oftentimes the people are overlooked whether that be the people who are living in that in that context uh whether that be palestine or uh people living in israel the the people that are involved are often missed in these conversations um and it's 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 hard when we have all these conflicting views of what this context looks like because in our country we don't understand it fully we think we might we we might think we know but we really don't um the context goes so deep so deep thousands of years of history that all we can know is what has been presented to us by first-hand accounts or 
or anything that has actually not been altered in any way. You got to think the Middle East was colonized several times for many different cultures, um, including during uh, the... um, the wow i'm drawing a blank jonathan why can't i think of words today um crusades yes like three crusades you probably even they have another one they say they they had and so this idea this space was so colonialized for so long that there are such things as erasure of people and erasure of cultures and dictating them in a narrative that would speak to their audience and create uh political strife and win their arguments and their battles over this one space um in our world and so everything we see may not always be at you can't take it as at face value there's so much information out there you just have to understand the underlying causes of these things and so that's very hard to pinpoint because there's no there's no delineating factor in all these different things you could say oh what was when the uh, Britain, you know, came in, you know, you probably heard those arguments where Britain came in and then made it a state. And then that's where all the, the tension started. And like, you can't find one area and pinpoint one area over the other. One particular topic may have uh, maybe conflated those issues more, but there's it's hard to really take a line from one end of a page to another and find out really what is going on in the context. So um, it's all I say is that keep in mind the people that are involved um yeah don't allow rhetoric and politics and geopolitics to dictate how you think about the situation because at the end of the day there are people involved uh lives family children you know um so yeah yeah i think you know you you hit hit on a good point like um like echo chambers and tribalism definitely play into this, you know. Um, and the 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 dispensationalist and you know Christian Zionist crowd doesn't doesn't help. Um, but again, just just using that as the example, like you said, like it's there's a there's a lot of history, like. Um, like like just like with Russia and Ukraine. There there's there's a lot of complex history there. Like, you know, and then like how do we move away from like this thing that is so like complex in this cultural moment or you know this this historical moment and move into like all right like let i'm going to see like the nuance and the really oftentimes ugly and like history and face it and like realize there's like complexity in that like it's hard like moving from that to that you know um I don't I don't think that like uh which we're seeing a lot of now um anti anti-intellectualism helps 
you know. Um, and I'm not saying everybody has to be an expert or like be a scholar to, you know, do this. You know, it's possible to do it, but we have to. Like, if if we are going to get to a point where we can find peace or solutions or justice, like, gotta slow down. Like, we gotta step back, take a breath. Like, like you said, see the humanity in these situations like because there's humans involved fill in the blank whatever historical moment cultural moment it is there's always other humans lives involved um yeah i don't know one one thing that helped me um during that week um I had a um uh, Islamic friend um reach out to me and we had you know some good conversations um and you know just this person e- expressing like the felt the felt fear in the muslim community right while simultaneously also leaving space and realizing i i know that my jewish neighbors have fear that i care about you know and then even you know like leaving space for me and like trying to navigate understanding something very complex is again my place in the world with the white western man like a lot of privilege there you know um and then just leaving space for each other and like seeing each other's humanity like you know i don't know it's just tough man like how how do we move people from and not in a forceful way, but just change that culture of like, like it's way more complex. Humans are complex. You know, history is complex. Like, you know, like we, we can actually find um, peace and solutions if you just slow down and like, I don't know. Mm, yeah. Well, I think that even that, answering that question is very complex and very hard to to answer um because there's so many different outside influences that go into this there's psychology that goes into this there's um subliminal messaging that we see everywhere um especially in our country i mean whether it's a politician saying one thing or the media saying another um so there's that's a lot to like really say how do you move forward um and I know there's there's a way there definitely is. There are ways um, with probably multiple ways that, you know, but, you know, Arkham's razor, if anybody knows what that is, it's the simplest explanation can often be the right one um, is that there are simplicities within this um, that we could think one of them, Jonathan said, is taking a step back. 
Um, it's so simplistic, but when we say taking a step back, removing yourself from TikTok, I am the worst one when it comes to TikTok. I watch a TikTok and I'm like on this rabbit trail. And every time I watch one, it just keeps that particular type of topic. It continues and continues and continues. And or whether I'm going out on Facebook and I see people from uh, you know, from the past, my evangelical spaces that I came from, you know, having, you know, class discussions or uh, presentations or sermons or messages or whatever, however, whatever context you want to say, there's so much messaging that is just thrown at us. Sometimes it's so hard for us to think as an individual. And so for me, in this context, because it is triggering for me, just the the context of who I am as a person and and my background and my experience and and seeing the human human uh, lives involved in this and then also being triggered by the world I came from in this topic and so it's it's very hard but again that simplistic that simplistic answer is take a step back let's let's you know remove ourselves from those things that. Um, that would cause us that confusion um, and have conversations. As Jonathan said, he, he had a conversation with a friend of his who uh, was in the Islamic community. Um, and then also thinking about uh, the, the context of our cult of our country is there's so many different religions and faiths and cultural backgrounds that we don't understand fully that there are people here also being affected from a secondhand trauma perspective or maybe even have family there um and so thinking about how many layers that affects um or how many people and and layers that that can can affect over time it's compounded trauma over time because this is something that continues. It's, it's a, it's a particular topic that uh, we talk about often. When I was growing up, there was at least once a year, if not every decade where there was this conversation surrounding the middle East and these particular situations that would arise again. And um, we get into further deeper <laughs> into the conversation. We talk about America being involved in some of these things in the middle East and causing more, you know, causing more of this strife and um, this breakdown of society or their culture in that place and setting roots there and saying, this is what we're going to do. Um, but taking a step back, that simplistic thing is, is, is just taking that moment to remove yourself from those conversations and really start to think about the human humans involved, having the right conversations with the right people who are actually experiencing this firsthand. Um, and we've had set, we have, we've had an episode is like, uh, one of the, one of the best ones I think we've had. I mean, we have, we've had a lot of good episodes, but the one about stepping into someone's social location, if you haven't yes. listened to that one, I highly recommend that, but really talk to the, 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 the source, the, the people who are being impacted by this. It really does bring a human element to this conversation when we're not thinking about the geopolitical moves and the whatever religious view that there may be, it's it's the humanity of that person. You're actually hearing from them. You're actually 
hearing their fear. You're actually hearing their anxiety. It really changes the narrative in your brain. It really rewires those things and lets you think about the real important thing here. It's the human element involved. So yeah, hundred percent. Like I, yeah, just, just listening to like more than just the voice you think you need to side with or listen to etc like um like I'll, I'll 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 use this as an example like the frustration of um not all because they're you know as we say like just like you know queer community or like um you know indigenous communities or black community they're they're not a monolith right uh, but a lot of the the black community's frustration with you know this country's history and like uh the doubling down of not wanting to you know actually face and tell that real history you know and frustration with policing practices like all those kind of things um um but also um like what are the police officers out there that want and are um, being ethical and and doing their job the best that they can, you know, because I've I know they're you know good police officers out there. I've met them, you know, that actually are involved in their community, you know, um, and do good in their community. Um, like, how are they feeling? You know, um, like you. really hard to get to that piece if you're you're only listening to one voice you know um now you obviously call out wrong and injustice when you see it in any situation but um not just listening to one voice like you know and in this you know the example i initially brought up like listening to those Jewish voices, listening to those Palestinian and Muslim voices, like, you know, actually taking that in, like, gaining that perspective, like, that, that's, the, it's, again, it's, it, it's hard, because there's a lot of, like, to sift through, but it's, it's, it's the critical, hard, necessary listening and mental work that that should and needs to be done you know to kind of start making this shift you know yeah yeah i agree yeah all right just our world is complex you know um we it's humans are complex 
you know? And so I, I just, like I said, you just, um, it's kind of sparked after like just seeing a lot of the Western media. Um, so I guess say it's always now realizing always fails on this particular conversation. Um, and, and just a lot of in, I, I, I also live in a, a tension with this sometimes, Kyle. When when I say ignorant takes, like I don't feel bad for saying that, but like I live in this tension of like don't completely blame ignorant takes and not doing critical thinking because I'm somebody that, you know, once upon a time, like probably had an ignorant take on whatever I think somebody else has an ignorant take on. And then like I changed. So what's the point where, you know, the responsibility like is on that person to, you know, like start to shift their thinking. Right. I can't mm-hmm. force that, you know, um, but there's also that tension, like that, that level of another level of complexity with like, you know, when we're confronted with, you know, um, complex histories and cultural moments and like navigating that and um, your own journey in that, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a lot yeah. of, a lot of things to think about and, and yeah. uh, for sure. And especially just understanding that element of the ignorance that you talked about. Um, you know, um, it's hard because we've been there as well. Um, we've believed certain things and that were taught to us and we held on to those narratives because that was the um, accepted view and that particular culture that we grew up in and um but at the end of the day sometimes we have to push back because the ignorance can sometimes lead to um atrocities and things that could breed hate speech and other sympathizers of those particular views that um could lead to those things and so i think that there's that you talked about that tension um of understanding the like in your own shoes kind of like you know take a walk a mock walk in their shoes um because you've been there but also understanding that tension of you know there has to be pushback on this particular ignorance because it can breed other things that are dangerous to human lives to society yeah. and culture and so yeah yeah all right any last thoughts on that like i said i i just felt like um, I I hope it was our own thoughts was helpful for you, um, and it, just a different perspective and encouraging a, a different way to, you know, uh, confront these things and navigate these things and like mm. you know taking those steps back and like really actually thinking through before we like say something that may be ignorant or Mm -hmm. uninformed you know Mm -hmm. uh, because of again going back to i know i've said this word a lot but just 
understanding that, you know, there's usually a lot of more complexity than than we've been led to believe. Um, so, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Kyle, it's good to be back on here with you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. Yep. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for hanging in there um, and leaning in with us on this episode. Um, and no, it's it's been, you know, a, a lot going on in the world right now. And, you know, just a, a heavy few weeks. Um, so just just a reminder, like, make sure you guys take care of yourselves, like make sure mm-hmm. that uh, it's fall now, like get outside and look at the colors on the trees and take in the fall breeze, go do mm-hmm. some yoga, mm-hmm. like make mm-hmm. sure you guys are taking care of yourselves and always um, reach out to us if we can support you or um, uh, resource you. Um, we will, and we've said this, we, we will do legwork and, um, you know, walk alongside you and help you find resources that are going to help you in, in your mental health journey. So reach out to us anytime. Um, we we want to help you navigate this and walk alongside you. Yeah, and you know our socials. Uh, you can reach us out to us there. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and were we on anything else, Jonathan, or just Facebook, Instagram? No, we we will be in the future, but for right now, it's just the Facebook and Instagram, which will be in the show notes. So yeah, just direct message us, and we'll get know that 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 information we receive is private. We won't share it with anybody else. It's what what we see is we're going to engage with you directly. And so, um, but yeah, uh, in the coming weeks, you know, we're still trying to figure out uh, hosts and all those things like that for you. And uh, we have a, another episode planned for the holidays and then our normal wrap up of the year. Um, we kind of review some of the episodes and the highlights from 2020. Well, the, for this one, it'll be 2023. Um, so sometime in January, we'll do that. So just be looking out uh, for those episodes as we start planning and, and uh, getting ready for the new year. Um, so we'll have like two more, uh, two more episodes in the next, I'd say several, like the span of two months, we'll have, we'll have another, some more content. We're trying to be more consistent and uh, get some more content out and we're kind of planning some things for future things stay tuned um but uh but yeah i love having you on and listening to us ramble i mean we (laughs) we just talk about different things and uh try our best to make it meaningful for you um we love to hear feedback from our listeners uh how we can do better um topics that you'd like to hear um please you know send us that whether that be in the podcast uh review area where you you know smack the like button whatever platform you're on or um just uh send us a direct message and let us know hey topics you'd like to hear or maybe some different perspectives that we haven't thought of that we may have missed or something like that just we'd we'd love to hear feedback uh from people and what they think about the podcast and so please, 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 we'd love to hear feedback. And um, if there's anything that you want to hear, please let us know. But yeah. All right, guys. Well, as always, um, thanks for pulling up a chair and coming to our table. 
We will catch you guys on the next episode of the Poor Podcast. See ya. Thank you.